T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. He's going to be headed to that Army-Navy game as he does every year. And my good friend, Coy Wire, former captain of the Atlanta Falcons, former Buffalo Bill with Ross Tucker covering that game this morning on the stadium. Coy Wire, good morning to you, sir. How pumped are you for Army-Navy? Give me some of the feel. My goodness, Dave, I'm super pumped. Uh, as you know, I've covered, covered a couple of Olympics. I've covered sports all over the world. And I have to say, this is my favorite sporting event. It's so much more than just the game. As you know, it's uh, these young men who have decided to dedicate their lives to the service of our nation, willing to sacrifice everything for all of us. So when they're out there on that field, it's the only FBS college football game happening tomorrow. So it's the perfect stage for all of us to be able to tune in and watch these players pour out their hearts for each other, for our nation, um, bragging rights for a lifetime on the line in that game. It gets pretty heated, but at the end, they're all hugging as brothers. Well said, Coy. Uh, my question is, what are you doing in the stadium already? <laughs> you know, Ross, I'm missing our playing days, our days back in Buffalo together. We used to sit in your little apartment and drink yinglings together. <laughs> so I'm not here. Of course, we're at Lincoln Financial. This is where the Philadelphia Eagles play. Um, I'm going to be bad. It says keep off the grass, but we're going to take you guys right up onto the edge there. You can see the field is fresh paint, ready to go. We have Apache helicopters doing flybys. I'm hoping they come by so you can see that too. They're really preparing. It's a big day um, tomorrow. President Donald Trump is uh, expected to be here for the second year in a row. He's the 10th sitting president. Such a, 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 big, a big moment for the, the lives of these young men and women who get to be here and witness this. So, uh, and, and, and we are too, Ross, as you know, you're going to be here. It's uh, it's, it's a pretty special deal. I played in Rose Bowls. I played in NFL playoff games, uh, but none of those compare uh, to what this game is all about. Yeah. Can you give me a little sense? And we're talking to Coy Wire, CNN sports reporter, former Bill, former Falcon. Give me a sense, Coy, of what, what the feeling is like, not just uh, in the stadium during that game, but the tailgate as well, how it's different, how it's a different feeling than other rivalries in sports. Yeah, it's, it, uh, I think it's one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports of all time. One, because of its longevity, dating way back to 1890. Um, this is the 120th edition. Uh, but it, it's, it's like the perfect example that you can have a foe, someone that, you don't really necessarily like and you're going to give them everything you can and, you know, maybe have some heated debates and heated battles, so to speak, out here on the football field. But afterwards, you can still respect that person because in the end, we're all one. We're all connected. That's what I think this is about. You get a lot of the trash talking, the go Army, beat Navy, go Navy, beat Army. But in the end, there's like this underlying current of respect. It's the ultimate show of sportsmanship. Um, and uh, respect for your opponent. That's that's why I love watching watching this game and watching these two fandoms clash, but then in the end, embrace one another. Yeah, Coy. The last three years, I was on sideline. I've I've moved up. I'll be on the boot in the booth tomorrow. But last three years, I was on sideline. It's unbelievable. I have stood among the Army and Navy players when they are singing the alma mater, because I'm trying to get an interview, and then everything just stops, time freezes. I was trying to describe to Dave, Coy, that he would love it, because if you don't feel good about our country, there is no better place to go, no better thing to do, than to go to the Army-Navy game if you want to feel better about the United States of America. Would you agree? It's the it's the it really it highlights and it puts on a pedestal not just the players who have dedicated themselves to our country, but but all men and women who 
decide to dedicate their life to service of our nation. You know, it's said that um, the Army-Navy game is the only game where everyone on the field is willing to risk their life for everyone watching the game. So there is this incredible sense of pride, this incredible sense of humility as a fan when you watch these young men out, go out there and pour their hearts out. It's, it's about so much more than the football game, right? So I think to your point about the, the, the songs that are sung after the game and even the national anthem before the game, it's like there's not a dry eye in the entire stadium. When that national anthem plays before the Army-Navy game, it's different than any other anthem at any sporting event. All right, so here's the question, Coy, before we let you go. And Dave and I are going to debate this, but we haven't yet. I've thought about this a lot. And I'm not talking about going to the academies. I'm talking about, let's say you wanted to enlist or you wanted to be a part of the armed forces for 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. You go in Army or Navy or Air Force or the Marine Corps. Which one are you picking and why, Coy? You put, you put me on the spot right now. I get myself in a lot of trouble walking around here with all these knights. <laughs> but uh, my grandfather served our nation in the Navy. Um, and I think that I would want to, you know, try to make him proud. And, you know, those Navy SEALs, if I were lucky enough to make it through their training, to be able to represent our nation in that way, that's pretty badass. So I'm going to go with Navy. That doesn't mean I'm rooting for them in the game tomorrow, although they need a win. They've lost three in a row. Um, so that, that would be my answer. I thought you were going to say the question is, should Dave grow his beard and mustache back or not? You know what? Boy, Coy, it's, um, I can honestly say this to you and with Dave, having been a teammate of Coy's and even knowing Dave, what Coy was like in high school at Cedar Cliff high school, which is 12 minutes that way from where I'm sitting right now. You would have been an awesome Navy SEAL. You definitely would have been a Navy SEAL, and you would have been, like, the head Navy SEAL. Dude, first of all, Dave, okay, first of all, chiseled out of granite, so yeah. good with his diet, so good with, um, you know, his working out and everything else. But not only that, and this is not really related to Navy SEAL, you would have been a great Navy SEAL, Coy, but I'm telling you, Dave, pound for pound, the most physical 200-pound guy I've ever hit in my whole life. I have no idea what he has in that head of his right there. And a lot of it was just leverage. But I would pull at 315 pounds, and Coy would drop and pop and light my ass up. And it hurt. <laughs> like, it legitimately hurt. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. Yeah. Well, I will say, Ross, um, thank you for all that. But I do have proof that uh, what he's saying is true. I have a titanium plate and four screws in my neck that Ross probably helped give to me because he brought the thump, too. Um, but thank you for the kind words. It's been awesome joining you guys. I look forward to it again. This is my, my first time joining Home and Home. So I, it is a yeah. great privilege. Next time, we need some dirt on Ross Tucker, the player, all right? I mean, you're going to have to give me the scoop next time, but we really appreciate the time. Coy Wire, my good friend, former Falcon, former Bill, former teammate of Ross Tucker. Enjoy the game tomorrow, buddy. All right, much pleasure. Have a good one, guys. See ya. <laughs> See ya. So he lit you up, huh, boy? Oh, my God, dude. I, you know, he just was so rocked up, so strong. And what understood leverage so well, and he had a really hard head. Like, I have a hard head, and I hit a lot of dudes like Channing Crowder, but Coy, I mean, Coy and Rodney Harrison are the only two safeties I ever hit, where afterwards I was like, holy shit, dude. I mean, both those guys lit me up. That's funny. I, you know, I mean, I, I know him as a close friend, uh, but I guess it doesn't surprise me. The dude is chiseled out of stone. All right. So let's continue that discussion on which branch of the military we might choose. We might qualify for ahead of the Army Navy game on Saturday. Look, dude, I'm pretty soft. 
So there ain't no way I'm a Navy SEAL. There is no way I'm surviving a day as a Marine. I doubt the Army. Again, I have no discipline. So that's a big problem with any branch of the military. I So I guess I'm going to say I think it's probably the coolest to me and probably the least hardcore. I hope I'm not offending anyone in this branch of the military. But I think probably the least hardcore would be the Air Force. And you're located in Colorado Springs. So that's what I'm going to say. And you? Dude, you absolutely are Air Force. Okay. You look like right now. Okay, you could go onto the set of Top Gun and put the stuff on and the sunglasses and be Iceman's wingman. I'll be your wingman anytime. You you freaking look wow. like Top Gun. You look Aren't, like a Navy. That's right. A, uh, the Navy. A Navy. They're naval Navy. aviators. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. You mean someone, I'm talking about someone flying a plane. I'm talking about the Air Force. You yes, look uh, like. You know what's really interesting, though? This will be my ninth Army football game this year. So yeah. I've met with the players eight times this year. And I know what most of them, the seniors, I know what they're going into. Do you know what the number one most requested branch of the Army is? Like, There's like 14 different ones you can sign up for, for your assignment. For your five-year mm -hmm. commitment, you know what the right. most requested one is? No clue. Infantry. Whoa. Infantry. You would think that that would be last. Last. It's yes. first. Those guys. They want in on the action. That you know, especially the football players, they don't want to be sitting in the stands, or in the locker room. They want to be inside the white lines, a.k.a. they want to kill bad guys. Like, it's amazing because, you know, my initial reaction would be like, yeah, no thanks on the infantry. That's the one that most of them want the most. They want infantry. They want to kill bad guys. Like, that's what they want. And that's why you have to argue this has perhaps the greatest rivalry in all of sports. Let's ask Channing Crowder about that. Played several seasons with the Miami Dolphins as a linebacker, now as a host of WQAM, 560 in Miami, and 790 the ticket in Miami. Channing Crowder, good to see you, man. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, fellas. Down here in South Florida, getting ready for Christmas. Still 80 degrees, so I'm set, baby. I live in paradise. All right, That's so Channing, I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this after the conversation we just had with Coy Wire, okay? Do you still lift your neck, or is that just how your neck naturally is? Oh, man, I ain't done a neck workout in, yeah, I retired, what, nine years ago? I haven't lifted a weight in nine years, man. I worked out since I was 12 years old. Well, I'm going to keep working out. I'm married. I don't need to impress no women. I really don't need to impress no men, bro. I don't, I don't touch weights. Dave. Look at how he looks physically. Look at his shoulders. Look at his neck and traps. And he hasn't lifted a weight in nine years. These are the type of idiots I had to block and go against. Guys like this. I mean, look at him. I lift my neck, Channing, at least once a week so that when I'm on TV or on this show, I don't look like a bobblehead. You know what I mean? Like I have to have some kind of decent cylinder there or else my head's so big I'll look stupid, and your neck just naturally looks like that. That's crazy. Well, Ross, I, I still got an 18 now. I might have been closer to 20 when I played, but i tell you one thing that's leaving, that gut. All this beer I drink now, my wife was just rubbing. She said, bring that big belly over here. I said, take it easy on the adjective. I said, just say belly. You rub my belly. Don't say big belly. I don't need all that, but yeah, this, this still looks good. But if you start creeping lower, man, it gets out of line. I'm not gonna lie to you. My whole pinky can fit in my belly button. <laughs> she rubs your she rubs your belly. Yeah, man. Yeah, Dave. Me and me and my wife, we get after it. We got two kids, one <laughs> on the way. Yeah, we we enjoy we enjoy our grown up time. <laughs> oh my god, your wife sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Down here in South Florida, man, I went and got a, a Cuban wife. Oh, goodness gracious. 
Man, great women. She's a great cook, great family, man. I I, I got lucky. What they call it, I, uh, the football term is out hunting your coverage, I think they say. Nice, nice. I love it. Well, I want to ask you, Channing, I want you to chime in on the conversation we were just having. Army-Navy game is tomorrow. If you could be in any branch of the service, which one would it be and why? I didn't really say, I guess. Dave said he wants to be in the Air Force because he wants to fly planes and doesn't want to be in harm's way as much. And he actually looks like, like a pilot. Like, he looks like he should be in the Air Force. I would want to be, I, you know, I guess I'd want to be in the Army uh, just because, I don't know, I'm like, I feel like if you're an offensive lineman, you should be in the Army. Like, you're a grunt, you're a, a soldier, you're an offensive lineman. I don't know if that means artillery or infantry or what, but I would want to be in the Army down in the muck with the guys leading the way. What would you want to be in and why? Well, I heard, I heard you and Dave talking. He does look like he can have a nickname like Maverick or Goose. Good-looking dude now. I'm very jealous, man. <laughs> you keep yourself together, bro. But um, if I had to be in one branch of the military, I would be in IT so I could sit behind a computer and not get any missiles, bullets, or anything shot at me. I'm soft. Every time I see a military guy at the airport, I'd say thank you. Every time I see a police officer, i tell him thank you. I'm a, I'm a pudding pop, Ross and Dave. I'm not going out there and putting my, my life in harm's way. If it's not for my kids or wife, I would be behind a desk, typing away. I'll tell the guys where to go, where the enemies are, and then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to get me some chicken wings, drink some beer, and go to bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not jumping on anybody. <laughs> I, you know, I have a friend who's in the military, and he always thought the same thing because he's a, a weather forecaster. Ended up, he's in Iraq and Afghanistan, and he, he said it didn't exactly turn out like the way he thought that you just described. When you're in the military, man, you are all in, and that's why I think it is probably the greatest rivalry in all of sports. To you, what is the best rivalry in sports today? Um, It's funny because, like, now I love the Florida stuff. When do you have Florida State, Miami, um, you know, Florida, Georgia, Florida, Florida State. But right now, those teams aren't that good, so you have to look at the bigger picture. I would say that Big Ten championship, you know, what Harbaugh can't do is beat Ohio State. So I think Ohio State-Michigan is big. The, uh, the, um, the Army-Navy game is one of the longest-running ones. You know, it goes way back. has a lot to do with, you know, our country, patriotism and everything. So I would say those two. But an SEC guy, I got to go with the world's biggest cocktail party. Uh, probably the most fun I had playing in the game was that Georgia-Florida game. I went back. Me and Randy McMichael, who went to Georgia a little bit before me, it was on the Dolphin bye week. We ended up going back to get, uh, Jacksonville as fans and had a great time down there. We ended up, you know, almost getting in fights and seeing that true fandom that comes with it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good rivalries. But the SEC guy, and especially my favorite one, because they're Florida, Florida State, but that Florida-Georgia world's biggest cocktail party, that's big time. It's fun. They split the stadium right down the middle, orange and blue on one side, red and black on the other side. It is, it's something else. But there are some great rivalries. And uh, like I said, that Ohio State and Michigan, I, I, I like that one a lot. All right, so I wanted to ask you that, Channing. Is that why Florida-Georgia is so cool? Is because it's half and half? I know you played Florida-Florida State. Or is it because everybody's so liquored up, the world's largest cut. Like, what is it about that Florida-Georgia game that makes it so awesome? It's, um, well, well one thing, they are liquored up. They, they line up. They're trying to take that away. I heard they don't want to call it the world's biggest cocktail party because we're connoting, drinking, or yeah, whatever it is. These are grown-ups. So they get going. They're out there at 7 a.m. drinking. There's a bunch of um, alumni from both schools that come. I know Danny Warfel does a golf tournament and, uh, I know uh, what Garrison Hurst has an event. Like, I, I've been to a number of events throughout the years there. But it's the – let's be honest. Athens, Georgia is the woods. It's the country. It's those hillbillies up there. You get down in central Florida, you're going to get those crazy hillbillies too. So you have the crazy hillbilly fans, the wild ones, the battery throwers, the liquored up, you know, natural, natural ice drinkers. But then you have the alumni. People are a little more sense. But for some reason, the doctors, when they get in that stadium – they become hillbillies too, so they start screaming and cussing and yelling and fighting. And when I played, actually, they, they now they split up, you know, down the um the goalpost. When I played, they did section to section. So orange, blue, red, black, orange, blue, red, black. 
man, there were so many fights. I, my freshman year, they stopped the game because there was such a big brawl in the stands. So you feel that energy coming out the stands. You feel that hatred coming out the stands. And then you're playing guys that you got recruited against. I was committed to UGA with Mark Rick for three weeks before decommitting and going to play for Charlie Strong and Ron Zook in, in Gainesville. So I knew everybody on that team. I got recruited. I went to Nike camps. I went to all the camps. It's just that it's so close. And then now you have to come SEC East. It means something, too. So it means something for the season. There's already, already that notoriety. There's already that familiarity. And there's already that hatred that goes back decades. And it's, it's the energy. When you walk on the field, you just you feel an aura of just energy. And it was I would, I would say the swamp has some of that. But up in Jacksonville, man, it, 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 is, it, is a, it is a very energetic, exciting atmosphere to play football in. World's largest cocktail party. It's always going to be that. You can't take that out of the name. That is bullshit. All right, Channing Crowder, former Miami Dolphin, host at WQAM 560. He's going to stick around for us for the next 30 minutes. When we come back after a quick break, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. The Lamar show continued last night. Five touchdown passes. He also broke Michael Vick's all-time single-season quarterback rushing record. Can we hand him the MVP now? We'll ask Channing after a quick break in our word from our friends at Zip Recruiter. Hiring, it can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to Zip Recruiter. They don't depend on candidates finding you. They find them for you. Results like Zip Recruiters, no wonder four out of five employers who post there get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter crushes it, like Lamar Jackson, for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. More with Channing Crowder. After the break is Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Who's more fun? 2018 Mahomes, 2019 Action Jackson. Back after a quick break. We're back on a Friday the 13th. Home and home. We're joined again by Channing Crowder, former Miami Dolphin, former Florida Gator, hosted 560 WQAM, 790 the ticket down there in Miami. Channing, let's talk about Lamar Jackson and the show he has put on this season. Unlike anything we have ever seen in the history of this game, five touchdown passes last night, breaking Michael Vick's all-time single-season rushing record for a quarterback, can you hand him the MVP? Should he be unanimous in that regard? Oh, yes. And I've seen, uh, I think I was following y'all's Twitter, and one of y'all retweeted that um, you should lose your vote if you don't vote Lamar Jackson MVP this year. He's just amazing. I love what Harbaugh did with him. I love what the Ravens utilized him. Everybody, I, I call it trying to, try to make a manatee climb a tree where we're going to make you the quarterback we want. We're going to make you Dan Marino, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Let Lamar be Lamar. This man is balling, breaking Michael Vick's record, and also throwing 33 touchdown passes. Michael Vick's never got close to that 33 in a season while running the ball is like Michael Vick did. I played Vick. I'm cool with Vick. That's my dude. He lives five minutes from me. But Lamar is better than Vick's ever been. Lamar is the best thing I've seen this season, and it was him and Russ in my mind. And then when I watched that, that Rams game a couple of nights back, about a week ago now with Russell, it's a different feeling when you watch Lamar Jackson run that ball, throw that ball. Last season, and now a lot of stories came out where he wasn't comfortable with the size of an NFL ball. So that first year, you were questioning him. They took him with a 30-second pick. Four quarterbacks went in front of him, including Rosen, who's already been to his second team. So you were questioning Lamar, and I was actually questioning Lamar a lot. I was on my show every day saying, ah, oh, Lamar Jackson, Louisville. You know, I don't know if he can duplicate that in the NFL. Lamar Jackson figured this out. They utilize them like they're supposed to. Great run game around them. Great offensive line. Guys are still with the Ravens that I played against. I've been retired nine years. 45 tight ends on their roster so they can get in those heavy sets. Fullbacks everywhere. I love what, how they're utilizing Lamar. But then you put a man in that situation, he has to make a play. Lamar Jackson, hands down, give him the MVP. And if anybody disagrees with that, like I said, you should lose your vote. You don't know football. Uh, well... Uh, my name is Ross, and I'm here to not lose my MVP vote. 
Channing, <laughs> let me ask you this, okay? Now, you played for a while. When you watch, have you ever seen in the NFL holes that big in the run game where they're just gashing every opponent for like 10 yards a run and dudes that open? Now, I don't think that diminishes what Lamar's doing, but, I mean, Russell Wilson has more yards, less interceptions, uh, decently higher yards per attempt. His team only has one fewer loss than Lamar Jackson's team. He obviously doesn't have as many rushing yards, which is a big difference. All I'm saying is, is when I watch the Ravens, I am blown away, not just by Lamar running, which is very impressive, but it seems to me like defenses have no clue how to stop them and that they have a significant schematic advantage every time they take the field right now because these defenses are clueless going against Greg Roman's offense. And so if somebody wanted to attribute uh, a, a decent amount of Lamar's success to that and say they still think as a player, Russell Wilson's more valuable, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, as an old school quarterback, I believe you're right. Like I said, the 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 epitome or what we've seen in the past of quarterbacks, what our respect level. I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Now, can Lamar do this for another eight nine years and take that title? Maybe if he went start winning more Super Bowls like Brady. But when you look at quarterbacks, we see the guy sit in the pocket. We still we're still looking for Dan Marino in Miami right now. But what Lamar does and what you bring up, Ross, is those those holes. That he create that are created by the Ravens offense and Greg Roman's scheme, it's created by Lamar. Cause you, all you do is sit on your heels. I coach high school football. People run the RPO, they run the read option in high school, and you have to always have an edge. So if you have to have always have a guy standing there on his heels waiting to see if Lamar pulls it, now every gap inside gets wider. And as you see the Ravens throughout the game, when they see your approach, they'll start getting, they'll start widening their gaps out. Because, oh, you're going to stay outside? So now you're six yards away from the center. We're going to make you seven yards away from the center. You're still not going to crash down? We're going to put you eight yards away from the center. We're going to put a tight end in the game. I've seen defensive ends that were 10 yards away from the ball when it snapped because of the fact that they just keep giving space and space because the edge setter cannot crash down the edges. If you crash down, Lamar's pulling that rock. He has the right to pull that rock. Everything is a read to him. And if he sees that edge rusher, that Gatane player, fly down to hit Mark Ingram, who is playing amazing. I love Mark. What is it? Big trust. Whatever they do on the videos. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a young kid anymore. I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. But <laughs> when, when they, with their scheme, you cannot crash the box. And from a defensive outside, I played outside linebacker and inside, that is a, a bind that you're in that can't be fixed. Because there's only 11. So if it's 11 on 10 with a legit, you know, old school quarterback, now you have numbers. It's 11 on 11 legit football with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. You don't have the numbers. Come down in the box if you want to. He is going to destroy you, and that's why he's at 1,000, uh, you know, 1,040 yards now. But it, it, it is a lot of scheme. I'm an old school guy. I hate air raid. I hate where college is going. I hate 65 to 62 games. I'm not, I don't like that type of football. Old school style of football, bully ball they play, but now they have a guy that can pull that ball and get going. I, I want to give a lot of credit to the scheme, Ross, but also Lamar makes that scheme work to perfection. I um, wanted to ask you about something he did after the game that I thought, well, bummed me out a little bit. To see the way the New York Jets lined up post-game for the jersey swap like a bunch of 10- or 12-year-old kids seemed to just break the gesture. I love the game-recognizing game, kind of farewell tour, Dwayne Wade-type jersey exchange. What I saw last night made me a bit nauseous. Do you like what's gone on? Dave, oh, my God, we, we are my spirit animal. I hate what players do nowadays. Like I, I wanted to create hatred towards my play. I fought in games. I got kicked out of games for fighting. Like I would find stuff. I would... Uh, we played the Ravens, speaking about Lamar Jackson, and Ray Rice went to Rutgers, and he was still in the league when I played. And so our uh, uh, special team coordinator, Dan Rizzi, was at Rutgers beforehand. And I found that out and went and got information on Ray Rice, a girlfriend's name, uh, a, a, a class he failed, just to talk trash, to create hatred between two teams. I loved 
disliking other teams, rivalries we were speaking about earlier. I love that type style of football. Nowadays, and it's not just NFL, uh, Dave and Ross, it's, both, it's all leagues. NBA guys are working out all offseason together, going on banana boat cruises and hanging out with their wives. What happened to the, 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 the fight of two franchises disliking each other? We're going to come together and we're going to have four quarters of any sport, it's soccer, three periods, whatever it is, hockey, to, 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 to take that frustration, to take that hatred out on other people. The physical side of football, I understand they're trying to move away from it. I understand they're trying to take the big hits out of the game, the, the aggression somewhat out of the game. But this thing where players are kissing another guy's butt after the game, you just threw for five touchdowns on me. You just broke a record that was set a decade ago on my defense, and I'm going to come ask you, hey, Lamar, can you sign this jersey for me? Oh, you gave it to somebody else? Well, go get another one with your trainer because I really want you to sign one. Get out of here, man. What happened to the time when we played, Rob? What happened to those times when there was some hatred between athletes? I, I don't like where it's going. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. I'm a little uncomfortable with it. I do like, though, hearing Lamar Jackson and others after the game, especially Michael Vick, congratulating him. Let's take a listen. Lamar, you also tied a franchise record for most touchdown passes in the season. You tied Vinny Testimony. Throwing. No running records. Besides the rushing record, but throwing. That's, that's amazing. Tom Brady tweeted during the game and said, he would have a 2 dash on grass, but you would have to be on rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> he probably going to win that race. <laughs> rollerblades on grass? Yes. Oh, man. Let me see what I can do. <laughs> Tom still got a little bit in him. Yeah. I seen him. I seen him. You got popped on the, the record-breaking run, wasn't it? Yeah. Is, that how you, is that how you imagined it? Or that no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark said congratulations to me. I was hot. I didn't really care about that. I just got hit. On national TV, ooh, that's all I heard. Get my ass up. I got to get up and go. You got to score some points. I don't like that. Mark, you get to keep that ball? Yeah, I got it. People. Congratulations, Lamar. We knew it was coming, man. Like I said, you was the guy to the job, man. And you did it and you did it well. Keep rushing and set the ball high, man. It's going to be amazing right for you. Appreciate everything you do for the game. So the question is, Channing, how long can this last? Um, you know, you, you get this sense that we're seeing something, yes, that we've never seen before. Colin Kaepernick got figured out in a hurry. How long can this last? The, the scheme of it, like, it could last. It could last because of Lamar's talent, because of what Lamar can do with his legs, and because they just, they never give up on it. They'll run the ball 35, 40 times a game. They're going to keep pounding you sooner or later. Somebody's going to get gapped out. Somebody's going to get scooped. Somebody's going to, you know, a puller's going to catch that outside guy and, and get that get that seam that the runner, the quarterback needs. The thing about how long it can last really is off Lamar's body. He's been hit the most in this NFL season, and they just asked him about that time. He got blasted last night on that, on that uh, record-breaking run. How long can his body hold up? Tom Brady's played for 20 years because of the style he plays in. The bigger picture with Lamar is, or the, the question that you would have to answer with a guy like Lamar or any of these athletic quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, who's not doing what Lamar does but has the ability to do it, is what if you got this style of offense, this style of play out of Lamar Jackson for six, seven years, and, and he can't do it anymore. He just the hits the hits pile up. He just cannot maintain physically in this style of offense. But what if those seven years you have five Pro Bowl appearances, you have two All-Pros, you have three Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl wins, is that worth it? And that's what I think will be the question. Can this scheme of offense, can Greg Roman, can Harbaugh, can they continue to add small nuances? Because the Dolphins played the, uh, the Ravens game one this season and 59 to 10. They destroyed them. Lamar went crazy. But I, I'm seeing them progress. I'm seeing them add. I'm seeing them mature their offense. I'm seeing different things as I watch the Ravens. So I believe in that. It's on how many times they want to see Lamar get hit. I'm, I'm sure before last night, Lamar was at 159, I believe I saw. I'm sure he's into the 170s now, somewhere around it. That's a lot of hits for a guy Lamar size to take. He's not a big dude. We saw it with their backup. I remember the game when Haloti Nada pretty much ended RG3's run. 
When he hit him, I coming off that right edge, Haloti Nada pursued the ball, hit him, bent his body in half, messed his knee up, and that was kind of the end of the RG3 that we were we were accustomed to seeing early in his career. That would be the question with Lamar. Can it hold up throughout this season? Yes. Throughout next season, yes. I believe they can they can scheme up a way with special, especially with Lamar's passes. And some of his passes I don't think people give him credit for the accuracy, the pinpoint passes he throws across the middle, the deep ball. Not jamming it in there. He's floating it nicely to Hollywood Brown. Like, I really enjoy watching this young man play. The longevity is what he can do. And my, you know, my bigger picture about that, what's wrong with having an all-pro running quarterback for seven years and then go draft another one and then draft another one? If it works, it works. You're not going to have any more Tom Brady's. You're not going to have Drew Brees's, Phillip Rivers. Their body won't hold up. But what if you can have a seven, eight-year run of just beautiful football like we're seeing out of Lamar. That's a decision I think the entire NFL is going to have to make, especially seeing what Lamar is doing this year. Channing, I think that is very well said. And I think that a lot of guys would take that career. And I also think that a lot of guys and teams would hope that with every passing year that maybe there'd be a few less carries and a few more throws so that maybe they could string eight, nine, ten years out of it. I'll be very curious to see how much better of a job defenses do, if at all, next year after they spend the entire offseason talking with college coaches and trying to get a better handle on how to defend this thing. Speaking of watching things, I'm curious to get your reaction Former Dolphin, your entire career was down there, and you're down there in the media. What are people feeling about the Dolphins right now? It seemed like everybody was on board with losing all the games to get the number one pick, but now two is hurt, and they're not going to get the number one pick because they, they're winning some games. So how are people down there feeling now? We're torn down here. We're torn down here from day one. The uh, the it's it's kind of like the analytics versus the eye test people, where the old school football fans say you try to win every Sunday. And honestly, Brian Flores, our head coach, he's like that, and that's why we have three wins. We're running fake field goals. The 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 punter threw a touchdown to the kicker two weeks ago. Like Brian Flores is trying to win, but then the bigger scheme of it, the bigger scheme of trying to tank or trying to get that higher draft pick is is a is a uh, organizational decision that Chris Greer, uh, Reggie McKenzie, who's a part of the organization, believes uh, vice president of football operations. It's a bigger scheme of what it's going to do. That Tua injury really threw a wrench into it. But if you think about it, nobody respected Joe Burrow until this season. So Tua was that guy. It was Tua, Trevor Lawrence. Like everybody talked about those guys. We'll see what Herbert can do. From you know, from dropped off this year. I got to be honest. I'm not. I, he upset me this year being an SEC guy. But there was always those those secondary guys. Uh, the the love Bryce. There was those guys. But Tua was that main guy. Now it's Joe Burrow. I still believe Tua goes in the first round. It's 2019. This is in 1941. You're not. You're, you know, they, the doctors nowadays are so so good, so smart, so you know, the technology's you know getting up there. So I think Tua still be a good good player. But the people down here are torn on the fact that we can't get Tua, and that's what we were sold on. But now Burrow's there. And now Chase Young, who I 100% believe is going to bet money. I'm a gambler, guys, I'll be honest. I'm going to bet money that Chase Young is going to the Pro Bowl next year. Chase Young is a monster. So you start looking at these different players where you want to have a high enough pick to get an impact player. We have to find that quarterback, though. So that's what guys are torn on. Do we trade up? And to go from a five to a to a one is going to be this year's first rounder, next year's first rounder, third round, two 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 something like it's going to be crazy to try to jump up if they want to. But that's why the Dolphins have 14 picks this season, a lot of draft equity, 130 plus million dollars in free agency money this offseason. They they the Dolphin organization made it very transparent on what they're trying to do, getting rid of Laramie Tunsil for a first rounder. Sending Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers. And Minka mm -hmm. is a ball. The Minka ball down here is balling with the Steelers. Minka can play ball. They made it, they made uh, full disclosure of what they were doing. You could see every move. So the fans, you're either going to get on board or get off board, and, but they were headed in that direction. Brian Flores won a few games, played some down teams, you know, did some did some little tricky stuff and won some games. But we're still going to have a top five pick, I believe. And we can move up, move down however far we want with the draft equity they got. So it, it's 
it is towing doing my daily radio show, talking, listen, you know, talking to uh, callers and, and, and texters and things. There's there there's an old school, new school approach to it, but there's gonna be enough equity in the draft and free agency money this offseason that they should be able to with you know with 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 you can't you have to hit on your players, but there should be enough for them to really rebuild this and give those season ticket holders that went and see the Dolphins get drugged week after week, show them why the plan was what it is. So, uh, Channing, here's my question. I know you're an old school guy. How much do you love Ryan Fitzpatrick, and how much do the fans down there love Ryan Fitzpatrick? Oh, love him to death, Ross. Love him. Played him to, played him with the Jets. Played him with the Bills. He's just Ryan. Ryan keeps this team together. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is not on this team, and it's still Josh Rosen. Brock Osweiler, you know, uh, David Fales, all those terrible quarterbacks that Adam Gates had down here. If Fitzpatrick's not on this game, the Dolphins are winless right now. Fitzpatrick brought his Fitz magic. He came down here, he signed him, and he told us, I just want to start. I want to I want to be a starting quarterback still. Eight season, eight team he started for in the NFL, setting records, you know, on that, on that standpoint. We know Ryan's not taking anybody to deep in the playoffs, probably not even to the playoffs. He might have made it two or three times in his career. But he is going to throw the ball deep. He's not checking it down. He's not trying to get a first down. He's trying to go get after it. He made Preston Williams earn respect in this league, doing what Fitzmagic did. What he did in Tampa last year with Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. Like, they're not a good team, but he's he was the, MVP, the NFL MVP three weeks into the season last year because of what he can do. The excitement he brings with his style of play is exactly what a team that wasn't going to win many games needed. You see Fitzpatrick jerseys. I don't even know if he's going to be here next year, but he is—he is our biggest star right now on, on the Miami Dolphins, yeah. which is crazy to say. A journeyman quarterback that's 37 years old is the favorite player of the fans. He's the most popular player right now because of what he brings to the team. I love watching this football team, and I can't believe I'm saying that. I love the passion they show, the fight they have unlike what we're seeing with both New York football teams and everyone talks about tanking. I see passion out there each and every week. And there's something we can all relate to in Fitzpatrick, just not giving a damn. He's at the end of his career. This might be it. And he's just throwing it all out there. Talking to Shannon Crowder, former Miami dolphin host at 560 WQAM and 790, the ticket down there in Miami. Got to ask you about some breaking news. Uh, just now crossing the wire, the New York Giants have released corner Janoris Jenkins. Jenkins went after a critic on Twitter calling him uh, a retard and did not apologize for that, said that word to him was just slang, part of my culture. Said Pat Shermer, the head coach of the Giants, obviously what happened this week and the refusal to acknowledge the inappropriate and offensive language was the determining factor. Don't get me wrong. I know this is absolutely offensive language that no one should use anymore. A lot of us use that word when we were young, growing up, didn't realize how bad it was and how demeaning it was to those uh, with special needs. All that being said, I'm stunned to see an NFL player in this world in 2019 giving all the things said and done to see an NFL player, a starting corner released for using that word. What's your reaction? It, it's, it's a new day and age. And to him, the culture thing, like I, I'm in a city Atlanta guy too, Janoris. He went, you know, he went to Florida and got kicked out of there too. So he, he has some, some, some baggage. And I would say, I, I don't know if the more of the story comes out, Dave, I believe there's going to be more to this. I believe he's going to be on the hot seat of the doghouse already. And this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because You've seen got Kareem Hunt right now is running the ball in Cleveland. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you saw him kicking girls and pushing girls down, you know, hallways of a, of a hotel where you can play in the NFL with some with some issues. But Janoris, he's had stuff in the past. You're not allowed to, you know, nowadays with with the social media stuff, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, uh, mediums to get the information out there. And. Janoris should have known better. And if me, if, if us three are sitting around a bar drinking, our our speech patterns are going to be different than how we're speaking right now. I guarantee you, guys, I don't know y'all that well, but I guarantee y'all talk different off air than on air. 
That's what you have to understand. And that's what a lot of these young guys, man, they're so naive. They get a little money in their pocket. They get a little fame. Oh, I can go to Publix and people come up to me and ask for an autograph. You're not that special. The NFL is going to continue to move with or without you. Antonio Brown is finding that out right now. So I hope Janoris can get it together. I, I, I would almost guarantee it's more to the story than just, you know, a, a Twitter rant. But these guys have to understand, man, you're representing a $9 billion net business a year in the NFL. They're not losing any of that money for anybody, including Antonio Brown, including Brady, Rodgers, whoever else, whatever name you want to say. This system is going to continue to roll. So I hope these young guys get a hold of it. It's a different world we're living in. If there was social media when I was in college, I would be in jail still. I'll be honest. Like, we, we were crazy as hell. But nowadays... <laughs> You have to figure it. You have to understand where the world is and where the world has, has gone, and you have to adjust to it. You're going to adjust to get left behind. So it seems like Janoris, who will get another opportunity. Man can play ball now. Let's be honest. No, he's not an all-pro guy, but he he can hold down the side of the field. He'll get another chance, but he just has to understand you're representing a bigger picture than just a. It, it's an old cliche. We we heard it when we play all the time. There's a name on the back of your jersey, and there's a emblem on the side of your helmet. That emblem is way bigger than that name on the back of the jersey. You know, Jenny, I don't even need a, a reaction to this, but I, I would just piggyback. He's already tweeted best news ever. Thank you. Has Janoris Jenkins. The two points I would make here would be, number one, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, kind of middle of nowhere Pennsylvania, we used that word too growing up. But then you get to a point when you're like, I don't know if it was 15 or 19 or whatever age it was, where you realize it's not appropriate. And like a lot of things in life, when you know better, you do better, right? So we knew better as we got older. There's a lot of things. We used to play a football game called Smear the Something. I mean, I could, I could give you 20 examples of things that we did that we would never do now. A, because we're adults, and B, because as society changes, as you know better, you do better. But to your point, I was on the sideline Monday night. He can play. He has had a good year. He's probably one of the Giants' five best players. I'll be very curious to see which team, if any, picks him up off of waivers because we're past the trade deadline because he could really help some cornerback needy teams right now. They're going to have to tell him he needs to apologize or something, but somebody's going to sign him. Because he's been having yeah. a terrific season. Yeah, oh, plenty yeah. of teams. I hope the Dolphins go ahead, man. We have Xavier Howard coming back next season off IR. Janoris can play for him to go opposite side of Xavier Howard. Man, that would be special. I would I would not be surprised if the Dolphins look into Janoris Jenkins. Like you said, he's a starting quarterback in this league. Just mature a little bit. They're going to have the conversation with him. You know how it is. Sit down with a coach. Hey, did you learn your lesson? Yeah, I learned my lesson. Okay, now go get some interceptions. Do your job. Yes, sir. Should not be out of work long. It's Friday, which means for me, after I finished my Bloody Mary chanting, I, I need some Friday-type food, something like buffalo wings. And you guys recently had a discussion down there on WQAM or the Ticket 790 about the Mount Rushmore of wing flavors. Let's listen. I'm Mount Rushmore of chicken wing flavors. Uh, honey barbecue. Gotta go with a good honey barbecue. Mm. Mild. Medium. And boneless. Okay. Boneless? Boneless is not a flavor, though, is it? <laughs> To that, to that gray area. But that, 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 that. Well, it's not a flavor, though, dog. It's, 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 it's a gray area, isn't it? It's not the limbo of chicken wings, man. You have to go with a flavor, man. Like, mango habanero or something. Oh, it's boneless. That's a kind of wing. And I had, uh... Number five was dinosaur shapes, and then number six, lunchables. That's a flavor, though, huh? Oh, gee. What are you talking about dinosaurs, man? That's for kids, though, man. But they taste a little different, though. Like, you could tell the dinosaur uh, wing from uh, from a regular mild wing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> 
genuinely confused whatever the hell happened there uh not not a flavor i do like boneless i do like boneless but that's not a flavor at all that 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 was confusing boneless you would like boneless you are such a girl oh my gosh i cannot you cannot eat oh my gosh they, they said on Twitter, if you eat boneless wings, you close the refrigerator door with your hip. Is that true, Dave? With my hip? You, you no, I do not. I do not. <laughs> Listen, all the work of a chicken wing, it's just too much work and too much of the, you know, the, the, the guts and there's just not enough meat. Just give me the meat, man. The boneless is so much easier. I think that's bullshit if you claim you don't like boneless. I think you're lying. I think you're just trying to be a tough guy. Nobody likes regular wings more than boneless. You're both lying if you say otherwise. Actually, I'll say I'm not a big fan of the white meat. It's dry as hell. I like the little chickens. I like the tiny chicken, the little, the little thigh and the little wing. The, the, the juicy meat, them big ass breasts, man, they're dry. And then you want to bread it up with all this damn flour and cornmeal, man. I don't want. I want a naked wing. A naked. I, I told you about my wife earlier. I like a good old naked wing, man. <laughs> all this right, not over, that I, I know. No. I know the show is over. But this is not over between you and I. I will bring this back up next week because there's a whole lot of terrible coming out of your mouth right now that we will address. That's that's our tease for Monday. I will address Dave's wing issues next week. Boneless rules for Channing Crowder and Ross Tucker. I'm Dave Briggs. Been a good week on Home and Home. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.